How many of you, show of hands, have ever gotten lost while on a road trip? Let me see your hands. A bunch of you have been lost while on a road trip. So um, I pride myself in the fact that I have never gotten us lost on a road trip. I have been lost on a road trip, but I've never gotten us lost. In fact, I don't think I've ever gotten myself or anyone else lost. I've been, like, my wife will get us lost all the time. She's so confident. So I'm like, babe, what's, when, where should we go? And she's like, yeah, take a left. She has no idea. She just said it. But we were on a road trip, my wife and I, uh, Chelsea, who's sitting right here. This is Chelsea. I call her Bug. Uh, it's, it's a little nickname that I have for her. She's like my little sister. Um, but uh, we were on a road trip. Roberta, Chelsea, myself, we were going to Grand Forks, right? Was it Grand Forks? Grand Forks. We were going to Target. That's the only reason we were going. Don't judge us that we drive four hours just to hit up a Target. Um, they didn't drag me along. I wanted to go. I, that's my thing. I find Jesus in the mall. I find Jesus in Target. But anyway, so we're going to Grand Forks to, um, to go to Target, and we get close to Target. Chelsea the whole time is like, yeah, don't worry about it. You don't need GPS. I am GPS, and I'll tell you exactly where to go. And so we're driving, and we kind of get, you know, we start seeing the Grand Forks sign, five miles, four miles, you know, two miles, one mile. And then we're like, okay, Chelsea, where do we go? And um, she's like, She's like, yeah, take, a le- uh, take this next exit. And I'm like, I'm very like analytical and skeptical by nature. And so I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, 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 I'm sure. I'm like, okay, but are you sure? Should we just GPS? She's like, no, I got it. I've been here lots before. And so we pull off the, uh, the exit and we take a left. She tells us to take another left. And we drive, drive, drive. And all of a sudden, we're in another state. <laughs> we were in like Colorado or something. Where were we? Minnesota. <laughs> I don't even know where this girl is taking me. So then we had to wrap all the way around and go to the next exit. And, and so another time, I'm with Chelsea as well, uh, and Amy was there this time, and Brittany was there. We did a, a, a trip to Minneapolis, and we had two cars. And uh, myself and Zach, Zach was there, we were driving in one car, and the girls, there was four or five of them, they were driving in another car. We had so many people, we needed two vehicles. And we didn't have data. None of us wanted to spend money on data. Chelsea was the only one who had data on her phone. And so we would just follow her. We would meet at a certain point, talk about where we were going to next, tell Chelsea to punch it in her GPS, and then we would go and we would just follow her. So this one time, uh, Chelsea got us lost again. Uh, This is how she did it. So we were at this restaurant. I think we were eating. And we're like, okay, let's go to this next spot. And so we leave, and I'm following her. Zach's in my car. And we get to a traffic circle. And Chelsea's so grown up and mature, right? She just keeps looping around this traffic circle as we're going. And I'm following her. And eventually, after like two times around, I'm thinking like, okay, she missed her turn. We're just going to go around again. Two times around, she goes for a third time. I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm not playing the games. I don't have time for this. And so I pull off into the next, the next exit, which leads us to a parking lot, thinking Chelsea would go around and pull it into the next um, into the parking lot and join us, and then we would just go again. But instead, Chelsea just drives away. (laughs) And we don't know where we are or where they're going or anything, and so she got us lost. Thank God Zach was there um, because he's like, I think I know where we need to go. He tells us to go left. I'm like, Zach, I don't really know, man. Like, if we should go left here. He's like, trust me, we got it. So we go left, and he's like, okay, I think we got to go straight for a little while. I'm like, man, how do you even know this? He's like, just trust me. And, and then we go, and then we all of a sudden get onto this uh, exit onto the highway, which is called Xerxes. What a gangster street name, hey? So we get onto Xerxes, and Xerxes is the street. We know Xerxes because after Xerxes, we exit onto our street. 
So Chelsea got us lost, but Zach got us unlost. So the moral of the story is, uh, whenever you're traveling, don't bring Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'll just wrap it up there, pray. Um, no, the moral of the story is this, or the point is this, that life is kind of like a, a road trip, in the sense that life is, life is like a journey. And, and, and on this journey of life, people affect the journey. People are speaking into the journey, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you're aware, people are speaking into it, they're directing, they're leading, they're saying stuff, whether they're sitting shotgun, whether they're in the backseat, people are speaking into our journey. And sometimes they're telling us where we need to go. And sometimes they're like Chelsea and they're getting us lost. But people are speaking into our journey. People are, uh, uh, are, are, are part of our journey, this thing that we call life. And, and so the friends that we have in our lives matter a great deal. In fact, I think the friends that we have in our lives, the people we surround ourselves with, matter so much more than we are even aware. Like, like, even if you're like, yeah, yeah, no, it's important to surround yourself with good people, like, more than we're even aware. And here's why, because God works through people. God will do something in your life through the people in your life. And so you need to make sure that you're surrounded with the right people. And so right now, as a community, we're in a series called Bad Advice. This is actually the last week of this series, Bad Advice. We've done five weeks. If you've missed any of it, uh, we have a podcast. Just search The Ascent. You can listen to some of the messages. We'll admit I, we forgot to record some of them, but a lot of them are there. Um, so if you want to hear some, get on the podcast, listen to the messages. But we're closing it out. And actually, next week, we're starting a brand new series called Grown Ups. It's going to be awesome, so make sure you're here next week. Uh, but what we're doing with this series is we're looking at bad advice that we get from culture. Some of it is just said. Some of it is just like ingrained. It's, a, it's like this undertone. You, you, we, we might not say it, but we feel it. And so this week, we're closing out this series. And the bad advice that we are going to talk about is this. Never leave your friends behind. Never leave your friends behind. Uh, you know, um, in our culture, like... This, this, is, this is everywhere, man, like ride or die. I'll never leave your side. I got your back. Like it's everywhere, this, this bad advice. And so, man, I used to eat this up. Like before I knew Jesus, I was like so like into this. I was like, man, I got you, friends for life. I got your back through thick and thin. Like I ate it up. And then even after I met Jesus, I just ate it up. But now I've come to know that it is in fact bad advice. And I think that the... The root of this bad advice stems from loyalty, which loyalty is a great thing, but I think it's a, um, a misplaced loyalty. And so what happens is we'll actually stay in relationships, uh, we'll keep friendships that we know are bad for us, that they're not good for us, that people aren't actually contributing to our lives or adding value to our lives, we'll stay in it because maybe that person did something for us one time. Maybe, maybe they were there for us at one moment in our lives. Maybe we just feel like they have no one else, and so we have this loyalty, but it's a misplaced loyalty, and we're just like, you know what, I got to stick with them no matter what. I can't leave their side. I will never, uh, never leave them. I'll never leave this friend behind, and so we devote ourselves to carrying these people. I think that's part of the root of it, but you know what I think another root of this bad advice is? I think it's, I think it's fear. I think we, we, we came up with this out of fear. Fear that, okay, if if I leave someone in my life, then maybe someone will leave me. If, if I get to this place in my life where I know they're not good for me, 
and I take the step that I need to to say, not anymore, and, and I, 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 I get them out of my life or I do something different, what if someone feels that way about me? And then all of a sudden, people start dropping me out of their life. And so we have this fear, this fear of being isolated, this fear of being alone. And so we're like, man, I'd rather be in a, in, in, in a bad relationship. I'd rather have a bad friendship than no friendship. So it's this fear of being alone. But I believe that what is at stake by being surrounded with the wrong people in our lives is far greater than uh, not being loyal or, or than even being alone. I think what's at stake when we're surrounded by um, the wrong people, from my understanding of Scripture, based on how God works through community and through people, I think our very purpose on this planet is at stake. Because God uses people to reveal to us our purpose and even to uh, cause us to realize our purpose and walk in our purpose. He uses people. I believe that purpose is directly tied to the people in our lives. And so we could actually lose and miss out on the very things that God created for us and has in store for us by being surrounded by the wrong people. And so what I want to do for the rest of the time that we have together, which is about an hour and a half, just kidding, 18 minutes, guys, 18 minutes. What I want to do is I want to talk about friends. I want to talk about the people in our lives. And what I want to do is I want to look at Scripture. I want to look at the Bible. Uh, maybe you're here and you don't believe in that book, that, this book that's totally cool. Uh, we do. We love it. For us, this isn't just a book. This is like, this is living. This is God's word. It's a love letter that God wrote to us, and he used people to do it. It's great. It's not actually one book. It's, um, it's, uh, it's 66 books written by about 40 different authors over the course of thousands of years, compiled in what we call the canon of Scripture, and it all points to one thing, Jesus. And uh, we love this book. And so what we want to do is I want to look at this book, and I want to give you three principles based in three different Scriptures um, about the people that we choose to surround ourselves with. So three principles from Scripture about the people we choose to surround ourselves with. And the first principle is this. It's that our company is stronger than our convictions. If you're taking notes on a piece of paper on your phone, I want to encourage you to write this down. Our company is stronger than our convictions. And this actually comes from uh, 1 Corinthians. It's near the end of your Bible. 1 Corinthians is a letter uh, written to the Corinthians. They're a church in the city of Corinth. Um, The Apostle Paul pens this letter, and he writes to them just to encourage them in their faith. He calls them out in some things. He says, you could do better here, but you're doing great in this area. And I'm, I'm applauding you here, but this needs to be improved. And so he writes this letter just to teach them about what it means to follow Jesus. And the Apostle Paul, uh, he's this celebrity, really, in Christianity. Uh, we would not be here if it was not for the Apostle Paul. He is absolutely, he launched Christianity into what it is. God just empowered him, and he did uh, great things through Paul. And he writes this letter. And so we're going to read just one verse Um, from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. If you have your your Bible, you can turn there. If not, it'll be on the screen, so you can follow along no matter what. It says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Super simple. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And so what's happening here is as Paul writes to them, Um, the Corinthian people had actually found themselves in the wrong company. They found themselves being influenced and and, uh, swayed by this group of people that they became friends with, 
and this group of people actually convinced the Corinthian church that Jesus did not resurrect from the grave. He said, yeah, everything else about Jesus is true, but his resurrection is in fact not true. And so what happened was, is the Corinthians actually believed this, and it changed the way that they lived their lives. And so Paul, seeing the change, <coughs> sorry, I'm, I'm a little sick, I got this cough, just ignore it. Um, anyways, Paul seeing that, hey, you're living different. This is actually affecting what God wants to do in your life. He writes them and he says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And when he, it's really interesting. This is random, but I, I think it's cool. When he says this, he actually quotes this poet. His name is Menander. And this line is actually from a, a Greek poet. And so I just think it's so cool that like Paul used culture to reach and influence people. I think if Paul was writing a letter today, he'd probably quote like Drake or something. Anyways, like Drake in the Bible, how cool would that be? So, so the Corinthians got around these people and it actually affected the way they lived. So Paul says, hey, do not be deceived. You, you can't do this. you're being affected and influenced by the people around you. And what he's essentially saying is your company is stronger than your convictions. Yeah, you might have certain beliefs. Yeah, you might have certain values. But when you get around people who don't share those beliefs and those values, they will ruin you. The company you have um, is stronger than your convictions. So your convictions, in other words, are no match for your company. So, so um, what we need to know is that our friends, the people that we have in our lives, have a lot more power than we realize they do, and that they can actually sway us and influence us in so many different ways. It doesn't matter if you're like, man, I'm a good Christian. It's okay if I hang around with people who do this because I'm a good Christian. It, y- your company is greater than your convictions, stronger than your convictions. So, th- so think about this for a minute. The first time that you ever drank, you probably weren't alone. You were with people. Maybe you drank as a Christian, and I'm not judging anyone for drinking or, or getting drunk or anything like that, but maybe the, uh, the first time you drank, you didn't just wake up one day and say, yeah, I used to not think that getting drunk was good, but I woke up and my convictions changed. No, you had those convictions, but you got around some company that influenced you. Your company was greater than your convictions, and you're like, ah, and you went and drank. Or the first time you smoked marijuana, the first time you did drugs, the first time you looked at porn, or you saw porn. You probably weren't in isolation. You probably were with people, which shows us that our company is greater than our convictions. We can have convictions, but if we have company that has different convictions, that company will override our convictions. Paul says this is a principle. This is a principle. And I want to I illustrate this. i got to walk over here, just follow along. I got in my hands... A lighter. Ooh, fire. And I got, I got a piece of paper. It's just a regular piece of paper. We've all seen this piece of paper before. Paul says, this is a principle. Do not be deceived. Good company ruins good morals. It's kind of like fire to flame. Is a principle. When you put... Um, fire to paper, is, it's going to burn, right? It's, it's a principle. It's, it's a truth. It's, it's a reality. It's a fact. We live in a world where, like, truth <laughs> doesn't exist. Oh, it's still burning. It's supposed to go out in here. So we know that, right? We all know that when you put fire to paper, it's going to burn. It's a principle. Paul says this is a principle. 
But, but sometimes I think that as followers of Jesus, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, we, we say, well, well, I'm a little different. And so, so this paper, this paper goes to the ascent. This, this, this piece of paper goes to church every Sunday. This, this piece of paper is in the Word of God constantly. This, this piece of paper has a great prayer life. This piece of paper took a course at Bible college. This piece of paper knows its stuff. But it still burns because it's a principle. And so I think sometimes as followers of Jesus, we get to this place where it's like, man, the, the, the things outside of me don't really matter. They're not going to affect me because I'm, I'm a Christian, because I'm good with Jesus. But Paul says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And so um, we need to know that principle. The second principle is this. Our future is directly connected to our friends. Our future is directly connected to our friends. And this actually comes out of a proverb. Um, Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Uh, most of Proverbs, they're little like, they're little like one-liners that are just kind of like guides for life. It's great. Um, if you've never read the Bible before, start in Proverbs. It's, it's, it's really good. Lots of wisdom. This guy Solomon writes the majority of them. He actually writes a ton about the people in our lives. He writes a ton about our friendships and our relationships. And I want to share this one with you. It's found in Proverbs 13, 20. And this is what it says. It says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So once again, because it's short, we'll read it twice. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And and so what essentially Solomon is doing is he's saying, okay, there's, there's two paths. One is that when you hang out with wise people, you will become wise. The other is that when you hang out with foolish people, you will become a fool. And not only will you become a fool, you will suffer harm. So he gives us two kind of directions that we can go. And essentially, he's saying, we, this is a, a popular cliche in our culture, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Maybe you've heard it this way, you are the, the summary of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. That's essentially what Solomon is saying. Hang out with wise people, you're going to become a wise person. Hang out with foolish people, you're going to become a foolish person. And, 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 and so this should make us think. This should really cause us to think about the people we surround ourselves with in life. Because we're becoming them. You're becoming and you will look like, you want to know what your future is going to look like? Look at your friends. This should cause us to think and be like, man, who do I hang out with? Who's in my life? If you're dating someone, this should cause you to, to ask the question, or maybe you're married to someone, who is my spouse or my significant other hanging out with? Who are their top five people? Who are, who are they becoming? This should cause us to stop and think and be like, man, who am I surrounded with? Because I'm going to become them. I'm going to look like them. And here's what Solomon is saying too. This is crazy scary when we think about it. That the people in your life aren't just influencing you towards a certain direction. They're directing you. They're dictating you. They determine it. You don't just have increased odds of becoming wise when you hang out with wise people. You don't have increased odds of becoming foolish when you hang out with foolish people. You will become a fool. You will become wise. Your future is determined by the people in your life. 
that should cause us to stop and think because the wrong people in our life, they can rob us of what God has for us. They can, they, God, God wants to do something in your life, through your life. You get around the wrong people and God can't work and so you're going to miss out on so much of what God wants to do in you and through you. And I love how Solomon gives us two options, wise or foolish. That's it. Option A, option B. Because there's no neutral relationships. There's no relationships that are just like, eh, it doesn't really matter. You're, you're being led regardless. It's just a matter of where are you being led to? Where is the people in your life taking you to? They're pulling you in a direction. And this is why Paul warns us in another letter that he writes to the Corinthian church later on, 2 Corinthians 6.14. He says, do not be unevenly yoked with unbelievers which means don't align yourself so closely with people who don't think the same way as you, who don't act the same way as you. Why? Because, because they're going to lead you in a different direction, a place that you don't want to go. So that's the second principle. So the first one was our company is stronger than our convictions. The second is the future. Our future is directly connected to our friends. And the last one is this. Our relationships are our responsibility. I think sometimes we kind of just feel like we stumble upon friendships, we stumble upon relationships, but Solomon writes about this as well. In a proverb earlier on, Proverbs 13, sorry, Proverbs 12, 26, this is what he says. He says, the righteous, the righteous being those who are just trying to follow God, those who would say, hey, I'm a Jesus follower, I'm a Christian, that, that's what it mean. the, means. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The, the righteous choose their friends carefully. So, so if you, <coughs> you want to follow God, you need to be intentional about the friends in your life. If you want to follow God, you need to choose your friends carefully. If you want to follow God, you need to be aware of the people that are coming in and out of your life. And here's the thing about our friendships and the way that people interact with us is that not everyone should get equal access. Not everyone gets to interact with you the same. Not everyone gets the same relation, uh, relational dynamic. Everyone's kind of different. I love, um, I love like political like government shows, like House of Cards. Lately, I'm in this show called Designated Survivor with Kiefer Sutherland. It's just so cool. And I love these shows. There are certain moments, I just think they're so gangster, they're so cool. These moments where like some crisis is happening, something's happening, and the president or some like top level people get like ushered away. And there's that one person who tries to get through and then the secret service is like, stop. You don't have clearance. You don't have access. I don't know why. And they're, they're, so, they're, they're so sad and like, oh man, I gotta try to get more clearance. But like I love those moments when they get like turned away. And it's just like, I'm like, ha, you suck, man. You don't got clearance. <laughs> I love those moments. I have no idea why, but I feel like that's what our lives should kind of be like. Like different people should have different levels of clearance, different access to us. Yes, we love everyone the same. We respect everyone the same. We honor everyone the same, but not everyone gets the same access to my heart. Not everyone gets the same access to my dreams. Not everyone gets the same access to my secrets. We got to give people different access to our lives based on trust, based on track record, people got to earn it. Man, people got to earn it. If you're just throwing your life out there for anyone, you're going to get hurt. So allow people to earn their way, not in some like, work, man. I'm not telling you anything. I'm not hanging out with you until you give me 50 push-ups. Not like that kind of thing, 
But like over time, they've proven themselves faithful. They've proven themselves to be a good friend. They get more access, more clearance as time goes on. And this is actually, this idea is actually based on the life of Jesus. It's not like a Bible verse or anything, but the way Jesus worked is he had layers in his life. He had different groups of people who had different access to him, different access to his heart, different access to his dreams, different access to his life in just all these different kinds of ways. And, and, and I like to refer to it as layers. Jesus had layers. He had, um, he had the three, uh, so, so the way it worked, we kind of call it 12-3-1. Jesus had 12 disciples, but then he had three who were kind of his best friends, and then he had one who was like his ultimate favorite homie, John. And so he had layers, and people got to hang out with him at different times because they were closer to him or they didn't get to hang out with him at different times and experience different things because they weren't as close to him. It's not that he loved anyone less. It's that people had different access to him, different clearance. Refer to this as layers. You can see it on the screens. I kind of think of it as three circles. In the center circle, you have what I call counsel. And then, or the first circle, counsel. The second circle, I would call your core. And the final circle, the third circle, (coughs) I would call care. Now, most of us don't have this in our lives. Most of us, it's just whatever. But, but I believe that to have healthy, awesome relationships in life, we need to have something like this. It doesn't need to be exactly like this, but you need to have some kind of thing, system that differentiates the people in your life, um, gives them different access. Again, you're not loving them different. You're not respecting them different. You're not like, yo, you're only in my core, or you're, you're only in my care, sucker. It's not like that. But your counsel, most of us don't have this. Your counsel is people you can trust no matter what. Your counsel is the person who will say, you're being stupid. Your your counsel is the person who will say, actually, you can do it because you don't believe in yourself. Your counsel is that person you call and they just give you advice. Your counsel is the person or people who, like, you trust no matter what. They have access to you no matter what because they've earned it. You've invited them into your life. And maybe this could be your spouse This could be a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a best friend. This could be a mentor who lives in Montreal or something like that. They don't actually have to be in your immediate life. They just need to be someone you can access and who has access to you, who like you can just talk about life with. And you trust them. And they're invested in you. And they've proven themselves to not have ulterior motives or try to just like tell you this because they want this opportunity. They're not going to snake you. They're not trying to mess with you. They just love you for who you are. Most of us don't have this, but we need this. And this is like two to five people. Uh, A lot of us have this, a a core. This is like your crew, your clique, whatever you want to call it. This is your main people. This is like, I don't know, anywhere from one to 20 people who you kind of do life with on a regular basis. And then your care is kind of like everyone else in your life. Uh, People who you see on a regular basis or maybe an irregular basis. Just people who you're kind of in contact with. Uh, So so here's what we're really good at. Um, We don't have counsel. uh, And what we do is we blend care and core. And so we just have people. We don't, we don't differentiate. And so everyone just kind of in our lives will tell our deepest, darkest secret to someone we met five minutes ago and then they tell someone else and gossip spreads out and all of this stuff. We just don't have these layers in our lives. Um, so, so here's what I believe is that we need that counsel. We need that core. We need that care because the care is the people who are influencing. The care is the people who are pouring into and investing in our lives, and once I have people caring for me, once I have people influencing me, then I can turn around and go and care for others. I can go 
turn around and go and influence others. But so many of us, man, we can't influence anyone because we're not being influenced. We can't care for anyone because we're not being cared for. We don't have people investing in us and pouring into us. We don't have this. It's just a blend of people, and it causes us to not be able to influence and do uh, and live the life that God wants us to live. So we've really got to figure this out. We've got to get some people in our lives to act as counsel. Scripture's so clear on that. Solomon, like I swear, every second proverb is like, get counsel, get counsel. Even if they tell you something that hurts, it's worth it. They're, they're always going to be there for you. There's, they'll stick closer than brother. Like Solomon is constantly talking about this. And so after all of this, you might be sitting here saying like, okay, Pastor Mark, that's cool, but are you telling me that I might have to cut some people out of my life? Are you telling me that I, I'm, I might have some bad friends in my life? Yeah. Yeah, you might have to cut some people out of your life. And I'm not talking about just unfollowing them on Instagram or defriending them on Facebook. Man, I mean like you might have to make a change in your life. Say, where I'm going, where God wants to take me, you're going to keep me from my purpose. You're going to keep me from my potential. And that's in Scripture. And and, and what I want to make clear is this. As we kind of close and wrap this up, I'm going to tell you about Cruise, which I'm super excited about. This isn't about exclusivity. This isn't about Christians getting together and having a holy huddle and being like, you know, like the world is bad and like, like let's just watch like faith-based movies and like let's just do like this. It's, it's not that. It's not ex- exclusivity. It's not about isolation. It's about destiny. It's about, it's about the end game. And not just your destiny, but the destiny of those people in your life. We say, well, I'll never leave my friends behind. I'll never leave them behind. Man, I just love them and they love me. I'll never leave them behind. But can I tell you something? By, by, by sticking around, you're actually leaving them behind. Because what you're doing is you're showing them and giving them a watered-down faith. A, a, a faith that doesn't really matter to you, and so why would it matter to them? If you're hanging around people who are constantly getting you out to the bar, out to the club, you're drinking too much, maybe you're dating someone and they, they convince you to sleep around, whatever it may be, if you're around those people, if you're in situations and you find yourself in circumstances, you're just demonstrating the smallness of your faith. And in an effort to be relevant to the people in your life, you're actually making Jesus irrelevant. Because if, if, if this faith you proclaim is not enough to change the way you live and, and to cause you to think about the places you're going and the people you surround yourself with, why does it matter to them? Why would anyone care about Jesus if Jesus isn't making an impact in your life? This is why flirt to convert does not work, FYI. It does not work. Why, why would someone give their life to Jesus when, when Jesus doesn't mean anything. Jesus isn't affecting the way you live. Jesus doesn't change anything about you. Why would someone give up their, their, their stuff for Jesus when, when he doesn't matter to you? And so in the name of our faith, we sacrifice our faith. And you show the person that your faith really isn't that important to you. And so why would they, why would they choose to follow Jesus? And so here's what I believe tonight. Some of us, some of us need to go home and pray God, what did this message mean for me? What were you trying to speak to me? 
and, and I believe there's some people here tonight, man, you need, to, you need to straight up cut some people out of your life. I won't go full like Tony Robbins on you and make you get on the phone right now and be like, I don't know if you, you saw that clip. Tony Robbins, this motivational speaker, he makes this woman in a seminar get on her phone and break up with her boyfriend in front of a thousand people. That's nuts. I won't, I won't go full Tony Robbins on you. But some of you need to cut some people out of your life. Because you're not doing them any good by sticking around. In fact, it, it's, it's, it's making it worse. Some of you are dating someone who's just not, not allowing you to go where God wants you to go. So you need to end it. Some of you have been best friends with someone since junior high, since elementary. And it's like, man, that's my boy. But like, God has a plan for your life, and the plan that God has for your life is far too important to be, to be wasted away by someone in your life. So you might have to cut someone out of your life. Some of you need to just simply go and look at that chart and like realize, okay, I'm going to call this person, you know, my old teacher. I'm going to ask them to mentor me. I'm going to get some people in my life. I'm going to establish counsel. Begin to, not on like a list or anything. Maybe you need to do that. I don't know. But like figure out who's, who's my crowd. Or sorry, who's, who's, my, who's my core? Who are my people? Who's my counsel? And then who's my care? And some of you need to just ask God to, to help you be a better friend to those around you, a better influence. Um, we're going to constantly wrestle with this as followers of Jesus because it's like, how am I supposed to be a light to the world? How am I supposed to influence people when I need to have these people in my life? And, and that's a tension that we're going to constantly wrestle with. I don't know if you're experiencing that tension. I read these scriptures and I certainly, I'm like, how do I, <laughs> how do I navigate this? What do I do? That's just something we're going to have to wrestle through as followers of Jesus. But here's what I do know, that, that the deeper your roots go, the wider your branches will grow. The deeper your roots go, the wider your branches will grow. And so the more solidified you get, the more grounded you get, the, 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 the more, like, when you have counsel in your core, when you have your people who are just, like, spurring you on and the greatest influences, of, influences in your life are pointing you to Jesus, man, it's not going to destroy you when you go out and influence other people. And maybe you're here, you don't even know Jesus. You're like, man, my friend brought me. Uh, if you want to follow Jesus, tonight's the perfect night. And, and, and accepting Jesus into your life, giving your life to him is so simple. It's just, it's just saying a prayer, God, come into my life. I want to know you, I want to serve you, and I want to walk with you. And, and you can do that in your own way, in your own heart. If you make that decision tonight or at any point, though, we would encourage you to do three things. One, tell someone about it. Tell me, tell our prayer team, uh, tell anyone. Two, get a Bible. We have some at the info bar we'd love to give you. And three, continue to come to the Ascent. Continue to be a part of church, plug into a church, whatever church, it doesn't matter.